At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. This is betting the bracket. And sometimes the uh, world doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, except on the basketball court. Covering every betting angle of college basketball. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Here's your host, Greg Hoops Peterson. And we are down to the final four in the race to be able to get an NCAA tournament title. Welcome to Betting the Bracket with myself, Greg Sierson. This is going to be the swan song for Betting the Bracket, although I'll be on in this time slot, actually right around this time next week when I'll be filling in for Scott Seidenberg on the look at next Sunday night. But with that said, we've got a great show for you as for the next two hours, going to take you through everything that we wound up seeing this weekend in the college basketball world. We're also going to be turning it forward to what we're going to be getting in the final four as openers are all for very much a blue blood laden final four and have a pair of great guests along the way. Tristan Freeman does absolutely amazing work over there at busting the bracket or busting brackets. I should say he was out there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, taking a look at those games for the sweet 16 elite eight. It's going to be joining me in about 30 minutes, 10 30 p.m. or 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you're looking Pacific time, that's 8.30. And then we're going to have at 12.30 a.m. Eastern time, that would be 9.30 p.m. Pacific time, Isabel Gonzalez does a great job over there at CBS Sports. We're going to be getting a little bit more of a West Coast look at this as well as if you take a look at it, we wind up having some great games in the Elite Eight. And now we've got a Final Four that is Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina, and Duke. If you're a fan of ratings in the NCAA tournament, well, ratings, they should be very, very high. And how did we wind up getting here? Well, we wound up seeing it with a lot of unders. If you take a look ever since the beginning of the Sweet 16, we have had one game go over the total. That was played by Duke. And Duke yesterday, they got the job done. They were able to get by Arkansas. They were able to do so in convincing fashion. And you really take a look at this Duke team and... They've been, I would say, the team that has been able to have the most good runs that we have noticed here in the NCAA tournament. The way that they wound up closing out against Michigan State, they were actually down with about three or so minutes remaining in that one, and then they wind up being able to go on that big run. They were the last favorite of more than five points prior to what we wound up seeing on Sunday to be able to cover a game, both teams that were five-point favorites or greater than that with Kansas versus Miami and St. Peter's versus North Carolina. They wound up getting there. We'll get into that in a minute, but... 
they were able to get the job done in that game. And then from there, you wind up seeing them in that game against Texas Tech not miss a shot for the final eight minutes of that contest. And I really felt like the the run that wound up flipping that game against Arkansas, if you took a look at the end of the first half, that massive made three-pointer that you wound up having from Trevor Keels prior to that, they wound up having a nice bucket on the other end as well, more going into the paint. That really led Duke from being up probably like seven points going into the half. Instead, they wound up having a double-digit lead. They kept building the momentum from there. And Coach K has been able to do an absolutely amazing job with regards to this program. You take a look at it, and typically he's not one that makes a whole lot of in-game adjustments. But what I've noticed from Duke this season is that the in-game adjustments have actually been significantly better than you typically find with Coach K. And that's a complete and utter compliment to him because this is a guy that he has been there, done that. This is someone that has coached for now so many different years that it's not even funny as he became the first coach men's or women's to make the final four in five separate decades with what he's been able to do this season so you give him all the credit in the world for what he's been able to do this year and he sort of reinvented himself a little bit Duke wound up going into the transfer portal a little bit more it's not like they're completely built on transfers or anything like that. Your main guy, he winds up coming in from Marquette and Theo John. He's been able to do a relatively solid job with regards to this program, but the way that he's been able to mix and match, utilizing these freshmen, utilizing these guys like Wendell Moore, Mark Williams have come back. It's been really good for them, and you take a look at what Mark Williams has been able to bring to the table, and I would argue that he's been one of the biggest cogs to what Duke has been able to do as well. A guy that has been able to give you three plus box in all but one of the games here in the NCAA tournament. He had 12 and 12 in that game against Arkansas. Very beneficial for them. And now they're going to be taking on their old tobacco road rivals in North Carolina. As you wind up seeing it today, they wind up going up against the Peacocks of St. Peter's, which if you're looking to rank Cinderella runs, I have this one number one personally because I know that you could bring up George Mason. You could bring up Loyola Chicago and these are all good not to take away from those runs because every single one of those runs are just magical in their own sense. But with St. Peter's, if they don't wind up winning the Metro Atlantic tournament in which they were not the one seed in, Iona was the team that wound up running the Metro Atlantic throughout the season. I, I think that you might've wound up having Monmouth as a little bit of a better seed as well. I would need to double check that one, but St. Peter's, they weren't the number one seed with regards to that conference tournament. They wind up being able to win that. If they don't win the conference tournament, it's not like they don't wind up going to the NCAA tournament because, I mean, the NCAA tournament is the farthest thing from their mind. They would be like team number 50 out of it. They wouldn't have made the NIT. Heck, it would be questionable as to whether or not they would have made the college basketball invitational or not. That's how extreme the run that St. Peter's wound up going on was. They were the number two team out there in the Metro Atlantic, and they wind up getting to the spot. You tell that they just ran into a North Carolina team that they just had too much size. And if you're looking at big men remaining in the NCAA tournament, Armando Baycott, he has to be number one. How about 20 rebounds against St. Peter's? Now, obviously, you're able to throw in there the caveat that it was against St. Peter's, but my goodness, he did an absolutely tremendous job. And we've seen North Carolina be able to get it done in a variety of ways as well. You've been noticing that Caleb Love has really been able to go into takeover mode in a few of these games. He really did so in that game against UCLA. Duke is a team that they're going to be looking to avenge their loss in Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoors. So you've got no shortage of headlines. No love lost between these two as pretty much every team except for North Carolina wound up giving Coach K a gift on his way out when Duke wound up hitting the road. So that is going to make for a tremendous matchup. We'll have our handicap on this a little bit later on in the show, but 
certainly going to be a game that is full of headlines and two of the most improved teams that we've noticed here in the NCAA tournament with North Carolina. They've been doing a significantly better job on defense. If you look at the way that Hubert Davis has been able to coach in his first season, I think that he deserves all the credit in the world for what he's been able to do because I mean, North Carolina was brutal on defense at the beginning of the year. And it's not like this is Texas Tech 2.0 or anything like that. Let's not get it twisted. But at the same time, you've got a team that has really been able to come together in that game against Duke a few weeks ago. They were able to do a solid job of being able to bury shots, but their defense wasn't necessarily on par in that game against UCLA. It was really a well-rounded effort. And then they cap it off here against St. Peter's, holding them to just 49 points. A little bit of it was the fact that St. Peter's was just not burying shots in general, but got to really take a look at North Carolina in a little bit of a different vein than even they then even a few weeks ago and then in the other final four matchup that we're going to be getting a little bit more of one that some of you guys might have been taking in your bracket hey i wound up having kansas versus villanova in my final four bracket so you wound up copying that one we got that side of the bracket right other side of the bracket not so much as i thought that you would have a relatively solid shot with the winner of that yukon versus arkansas game in the round of 32 being able to take out gonzaga i wound up happening but i thought that duke would be falling a little bit short of the final four that said we do have ourselves villanova versus kansas and with kansas what we wound up noticing from them on sunday is that they're playing just so much better on defense as well. And you're going to notice it with regards to all these teams that have been able to win the NCAA tournament over the last decade. All of these teams have been in the top 30 with regards to defensive efficiency. Obviously, if North Carolina winds up being able to get the job done this year, they are going to be a team that does not wind up falling in that category. So that is something to watch out for because it would be bucking a little bit of a trend that we've been noticing recently. But with Kansas now 68 points or fewer allowed in seven out of their last eight games and it's no coincidence the defense has gotten better as Remy Martin has been able to get more minutes a guy that many people thought should be an all-american candidate coming into the preseason injured throughout much of the season this was the first time in his last seven games in which his point total did not progress because he had went from scoring zero points on the third of March against CCU to two to five to ten to 12, to 15, to 20, to 23. And then today he wound up having a little bit of a fall off with nine, but his defense was still out there. You had Kansas play, in my opinion, perhaps their best defensive half of the entire season against Miami. In the second half, they completely controlled that game. They are able to get it done 76 to 50. And with this Kansas team, they were doing a very good job on the glass as well. Top 10 team in all of college basketball with regards to the percentage of their misses that they wind up getting an offensive rebound on. And that's going to be a little bit tough for a Villanova team that I think they get short shrift for how they wind up playing down low. A lot of people were fearing in their game against Houston yesterday that they weren't going to be able to hold up on the glass. They weren't necessarily going to be able to do a great job with a Houston team that was number one in all of college basketball with regards to offensive rebound rate. And they play pretty much even up on the glass. Now we know that the big issue that Villanova is going to be facing now in this game is that Justin Moore is going to be out for the entirety of the NCAA tournament. Yes, I believe it's in a torn Achilles. I might need to get that double check, but he's going to be out for the NCAA tournament. He's out with a lower body injury. You're not going to be seeing him. Unfortunately, a guy that's able to give you just below 15 points per contest. The one thing I will say though, Jay Wright has a little bit of experience with this. We remember last season what Villanova wound up going through. Colin Gillespie, he winds up being out for the season for the NCAA tournament. And Villanova still wound up being able to make the Sweet 16 that year. They wind up bowing out in the Sweet 16 against Baylor. Baylor, as we know, wound up being able to win the title that year. And 
I would argue that Villanova in Baylor's run to the title wanted giving them their best game. Villanova just wound up adapting to the guys that they wound up having at their disposal, taking a look at the matchup. They made that game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. As Baylor, as grimy, as ugly, as this is not a word, but I'm going to invent it eyesore-ish as humanly possible and they gave themselves a shot until Baylor was just able to generate turnovers the last couple minutes of that game so I don't think that you want to be completely counting out Villanova despite that injury obviously it is going to be putting them a little bit behind the eight ball but Villanova did a very solid job in their game against Houston with regards to their defense and got to expect a lot more of that moving forward. Is it good enough for you to be able to take a look at them on the futures market? We're going to be exploring that next right here on Betting the Bracket right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. is betting the bracket covering every betting angle of college basketball here's your host greg hoops peterson wendy's breakfast is the official breakfast of march madness every day choose from wendy's stack starting lineup like the breakfast baconator croissant combos and hot and cold coffee and like any great team wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon fresh cracked eggs perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes and it's simply oj to be able to bring it home to the whole make sure that break this fast break breakfast is one that is on top of your list go to the nearest wendy's drive-thru Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness, and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Hughes-Fierson. And coming up in about 15 or so minutes, we're going to be heading out to Pennsylvania. That's where we're going to find Tristan Freeman. Does a terrific job over there at Busting Brackets. We're going to be talking with him about what he wound up seeing this weekend over there in Philadelphia. And we're going to be turning it forward to the Final Four as we're also going to be a little bit later on in the hour talking about Odds to be able to be the most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament. You're going to notice that all the guys on teams that wound up getting eliminated, well, they're on the fold and rightfully so, because I can't remember the last time I've seen a guy with most outstanding player of the tournament, which the team did not wind up making the final four. So we're going to be running through those odds a little bit later. But if you take a look at the futures board right now, we have seen some shifts. DraftKings has done a good job of being able to stay up to date with all these. And we do have openers out on both of these final four games. We're going to be hitting upon those a little bit later on in the show as well. But right now, as it shapes out, you've got Duke finding yourself a plus 155 at DraftKings. You've got Kansas plus 185. 
Villanova plus 450 and then you've got North Carolina at five to one and you really do want to be shopping around for the best of the number when it comes to these futures as well because if you take a look at other places you're going to find Villanova like at BetMGM for instance you're finding them clocking in at four to one you're going to find a little bit of a different number at Circa the list goes on and on when it comes to the futures market it is one of the biggest markets with regards to being able to find the best of the number because you just have books that have more liability on some teams rather than others there are going to be some books that they probably want absolutely no money right now in Duke there are probably other books that they want absolutely no money on Kansas right now there are other books that they might wind up welcoming that action so do shop around accordingly you're going to find a lot of variance with regards to these numbers but the way that I look at it right now I still think that Kansas is a team that that's the best shot to be able to coming out of all of this. And I think that it all goes back to what I've been saying quite a bit the last few weeks. Remy Martin is the ultimate X factor in the NCAA tournament. I ran through it in the first segment. His just relentless progression that we've been seeing here in the month of March going from zero points and having it go upward, I believe in eight straight games is just absolutely remarkable. A guy that was a preseason All-American, that winds up giving you really a three-headed monster out there in the backcourt for Kansas. You're able to pair him up with Christian Braun. You're able to pair him up with O'Shea Obaji. And we're able to talk about Obaji, everything that he winds up giving you with regards to an offensive standpoint, but also one of the best on-ball defenders in all of college basketball. And it's really why Kansas has been able to come to the forefront as a team that looks very solid. Now, you did wind up having Kansas have a couple moments in which you maybe had a little bit of I guess you got insecurity with them if you wanted taking them to be able to win the NCAA tournament. I know that a lot of people were concerned in that game against Creighton. And what I say to that is that you got to just give credit to what Creighton was able to do in that game. I mean, Greg McDermott showed that he's, in my opinion, a top 10 coach in all of college basketball. That effort that they wanted putting up was one of the best that we've seen just all season long. What they were able to do, you've got to give them a lot of credit where the credit is due. Not necessarily not Kansas for that effort, but you do take a look at this Kansas team. They wind up entering in the day right around 54th with regards points allowed on a per possession basis, but here in the NCAA tournament, they're allowing right around in the neighborhood about eight and a half points fewer per 100 possessions rather than what they were doing during the regular season so they've really been able to round into form in that side of things and they're going to be catching a break here against a Villanova team that they themselves have been playing great defense I mean you take a look at this Villanova team 65 points or fewer allowed in now each out of their last seven games so that is going to be a nice big giant slobber donker there and that's the one trepidation that you do have with Duke Duke has been absolutely amazing on the offensive end and the defense towards back half of that Arkansas game was very good. Now, to the liking slash disliking of others, the way that that total wound up landing in that Arkansas versus Duke game was very intriguing. I was someone that was on the under, so that was very, very welcome that Arkansas did not wind up fouling. Why? I have absolutely no idea, but they didn't, so that was very good to say the least, but take a look at this Duke team, and you're in the NCAA tournament, and points allowed on a per-possession basis they're giving up more than a point per possession. That is by far the most of any of these teams that did wind up making the final four, even North Carolina, who certainly has had their ups and their downs with regards to their defense. In their last three games, they're allowing right around seven and a half points fewer per 100 possessions rather than what they were doing during the regular season. North Carolina, still a team that coming into the day was clocking in 148th with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis with their game against St. Peter's that is certainly going to be going down. They're going to be in the top 140 after this because the Peacocks, well, they wound up having 
fewer than 50 points on 60 shot attempts. So that tells you what North Carolina was able to do in that one. But I do think that it's just so key to be able to play defense at this time of year. And you just take a look at why it's so key. And it's because of the venue that these games are going to be played in. They're going to be played in the New Orleans Superdome. I'm someone that I've had the luxury of being able to talk to a lot of guys that they've had experience playing in some of these big games. I've been able to talk to a gentleman like Ben Bruss who wound up playing in a pair of final fours for Wisconsin back in the day. And the backdrop, it is so much different when you wind up getting into a cavernous arena that is typically set up for football rather than when you're playing in even just a place like the Capital One Center out there in Washington, D.C., where you wind up seeing some of these early games of the NCAA tournament taking place. Even some place like the Wells Fargo Center, the list goes on and on, where it's primarily a basketball arena. Sure, you wind up having a little bit more seating than you're going to find in a casual NCAA than a casual NCAA regular season game when it comes to places like the Breslin Center where Michigan State winds up playing, but at the very least, they're set up for basketball. When you wind up getting these football, these NHL stadiums, you're going to notice that things wind up going way in that gunder. It's why you wind up seeing it here in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. One over in the last two rounds of the NCAA tournament. One and 11 is what overs have won. And first halves, I mean, if you've been taking the first half under as well, you've hit at the same rate. The only first half over that has hit since the round of 32 wound up concluding was that Duke versus Arkansas game. And then things wound up coming to a screeching halt in the second half of that game as well. So the jump shooting, it really does wind up decreasing with regards to a lot of these teams, which is why I do think that it is so important for teams to be firing all cylinders on defense. Now, what Duke does wind up having going for them is the gentleman that I want to mentioning a little bit earlier, Mark Williams, a guy that does a tremendous job as a room protector, a guy that has been able to give this team nearly three blocks per contest at 12 rebounds in that game against Arkansas. That is key. And Jeremy Roach being able to step up is terrific as well. But you take a look at what they're going to be dealing with against North Carolina. That's a team that does a great job of being able to take care of the ball. And whoever they wind up playing up against with regards to the Villanova versus Kansas game, You've got a pair of teams that they've got veteran-laden guards, and these veteran guards, they do a good job of knowing when to really be able to turn it loose a little bit more and when to reel it back as both of these guys in O'Shea Ogbaji, coupled with Colin Gillespie, two of the more efficient guards that you're going to find in all of college basketball, Villanova, if they do wind up being able to make it to the title game, I personally think that they're going to have a little bit of a tough time with it, but Never count out Jay Wright ever. They're a team that they turn the ball over right around 15% of their possessions. That is in the top 30 in all of college basketball. You got a Duke team that by and large, they've been able to do a relatively solid job, but Trevor Keels has been a little bit more of a question mark. You did notice that Jeremy Roach in that game against Arkansas, he did wind up having four turnovers in that contest. And then you take a look at what Kansas has been able to do. They're a team that with regards to turnovers on a per possession basis have been one of your more solid teams as well. A team that has been in the top 25 with regards to offensive efficiency all season long. And you take a look at them in a road and neutral court environment. They should turn the ball over right around 17.3% of possessions. That is certainly going to be able to fly for you as well. I also do think that's something that is going to be very critical, and it's a reason why I don't think that you can bury Villanova quite yet. Free throw shooting. The teams that are able to get to the free throw line, the teams that are able to find a way to be able to get easy points up on the board rather than trying to take contested shots, trying to fight the backdrop that you wind up having with those contested shots. I do think that that is something that is going to be really key as well. And Villanova, 
number one team in all of college basketball when it comes to free throw shooting percentage. North Carolina, who Duke is going to be going up against, they've been able to do a solid job as well. And Duke is a team that sometimes they can be a little bit streaky with regards to their free throw shooting because they do have a lot of size. Paul Boncaro is a guy that's able to knock down his. Mark Williams has a little bit of a tough time with it. Duke on a road and neutral court environment, shooting right around 72% at the free throw line. Kansas, they shoot more around 73.5% away from home. Ironically enough, they've actually shot better away from home than at home with regards to their free throw shooting percentage. So a little bit of a quirky stat there, but you do have a quadrant of teams that they all do a solid job at the free throw line. Duke is probably the most liable with that regard because you do have a few more big men that they don't necessarily do the world's greatest job at the free throw line. So I think that these are all things that you want to be taking a look at. So if I'm looking anywhere on the futures market, I still think that Kansas has the best possibility to be able to get the job done, especially with dealing with a team in Villanova that is going to be a little bit hampered. Something that is not hampered though. Great guests on this show. And coming up next, we're going to be talking to Tristan Freeman of Boston Brackets. That's right here. I'm betting the bracket on Vsin, the Sports Bank Network. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops Peterson. This is the peak of the college basketball season. Grab a five-hour energy shot to be able to stay alert and watch all of your favorite games. If we wind up having something late in the final four, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so that way you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's perfect pick-me-up to be able to get stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com and you'll be able to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry. My favorite is watermelon personally and many more. There is a flavor for everyone. So get a 5-hour energy today as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Pearson, and we've got on a terrific guest. Tristan Freeman was out there in the city of Philadelphia taking a look at everything that we wanted getting in the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 for those games and He's a man that all season long has been able to do a great job of being able to sort of cover the scene out there in the state of Pennsylvania with regards to college basketball, wound up watching a lot of Pittsburgh Panthers games. So he has seen a lot of these ACC teams up close and in person. And to be able to follow Tristan on Twitter, you're able to find him at HoopsNut351 as it is Tristan Freeman joining me on the show. Does a great job with busting brackets and Tristan. Great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you having me on the city of Philadelphia, Greg. It is great to have you aboard. And Tristan, what did you wind up seeing in the game today between North Carolina and St. Peter's? Since that was one that wound up going down at the Wells Fargo Center. St. Peter's, a team that has become just everyone's darling with regards to the NCAA tournament. Up until today, everything had been going right. And then North Carolina, they buried the slipper from them. Yeah, North Carolina basically did what Kentucky and Murray State and even Purdue was supposed to do, which was to make it clear who was going to control the tempo early on, racing out to a 9-0 lead. St. Peter's was able to come in after a little drought from the Tar Heels, but the lead quickly grew into 15-plus in just a few minutes later on, and it became very clear that the Tar Heels was not going to take this team lightly and have a fairly easy game to the Final Four. Yep, it was very clear that North Carolina was going to be able to take control throughout. And I would say Armando Baycott, what we wound up seeing out of him. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, it's against St. Peter's. He had a 20 and 20 game in this one. And I'm not sure if you agree with this statement, but I think that he's the best big man remaining in the NCAA tournament after what we wound up seeing today. 
Yeah, I mean, it's basically between him and Paulo Bancaro. There, there's not, uh, nothing wrong with saying that Baycott's the best remaining. And he's he's had 20 and 20 games against better teams in the ACC. He's always been able to put numbers. The question has been, has it been for, you know, for in a winning impact? And that's what he's been doing all this tournament. Even while the guards and Brady Manick have been the one scored 25-plus and on the way towards the Final Four, Baycott's been dominant on the boards. He's been great defensively. And in this game in particular, he was able to be the star on offense day. Armando Baycott, an absolutely amazing day on Sunday. And when it comes down to it, Tristan, I know that I mentioned it a little bit earlier. You do a great job taking a look at the sports scene out there in the state of Pennsylvania. Things really wound up cratering a little bit for North Carolina in the month of February, where it really looked like things were going to be questionable as to whether or not they were going to get into the NCAA tournament. They had lost a game by nine points at home against Pittsburgh. What have you seen from when they wound up losing to Pittsburgh about five or so weeks ago to now that makes this North Carolina team different because it's been a just startling transformation. Yeah, it started on the defensive end. You know, in the loss to Pittsburgh, you know, Panthers, who's been a putrid offensive team all year, shot over 60% from the field. And that's just not something that's going to win you games. They've been much better defensively getting stops. They've always had an elite offense, but they've had to cast shootouts in order to win. Once the defense picked up, then the wins started coming. And then you saw in the, in the Duke game that that's when they really picked things up and only gave them the win. And now, they're in the final four largely because of the improvements on that end, whereas the offense have always been there, but now they got four guys that can go for 20 plus or any given night. Plus leaky black, who doesn't give you much offensively, but is one of the best defenders in the country. And that's also shown in the tournament, how he's done against the UCLA guards and, and the Baylor players. This is a, a more balanced team than they have been. And now, and now it's, now it's proved benefit for them. Now during the final four. Yep, it certainly has been amazing. And the other guy that I think is such a big cog for North Carolina, because we talk about the guards so much in Love and Davis, as we know, their jump shooting is solid, but you typically do wind up seeing jump shooting winding up just failing pretty much any team down the stretch when you wind up getting into these football stadiums like we're going to be seeing in the Final Four. But Brady Manick, how about what he's been able to do as a six foot nine gentleman shooting right around 39%. From three-point range, he has really been able to turn it on the last month plus of the season. And I think of all the players left in the NCAA tournament, he might be the least talked about guy because when I take a look at everything that North Carolina has been able to do, even going back to that game against Baylor when he wound up getting ejected, they very nearly blew that big giant lead without him. I think that he's the guy that really should be getting a little bit more attention than what he's been getting for North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, his play has really risen the ceiling for this team. Not only has he been going for 20-plus in, in almost every game of tournament, he's also on very efficient numbers, like 8 of 12 from the field, shooting over 50% from three. He, 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 he's the reason why Hubert Davis wanted to have the, the stretch forward and not have two bigs clog the lane. And he's quietly averaged over 15 a game. I think people, you know, pencil him in at that double-digit you know, fourth or fifth option, but he can easily be a second or third. And at times he has been. So even when Caleb Love or Baycott doesn't get it going, you can now rely on 15 to 20 for Manic. And that's going to be huge because, you know, not to look too far ahead to the Duke matchup. If he can, you know, cancel out Paulo Bancaro's numbers, that's a huge plus for the Tar Heels when it comes to a potential shootout against the Blue Devils. 
I do think that it's going to be really intriguing to take a look at that game as well because ever since Duke wound up taking that loss to North Carolina a few weeks ago earlier in March, this has been a little bit of a different Duke team as well. You haven't been able to see them quite as close and in person because you're out there in the Philadelphia region for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. But with regards to Duke, what has really been the difference maker for them that has led them to the Final Four? Because I know that there are so many people talking about Jeremy Roach, but I take a look at Mark Williams and I think that he needs to be getting a little bit more love than he's been getting as well. Uh, yeah, he, he's been, you know, he was really good at times, but then sort of had, you know, some ups and downs. But now that he's getting, you know, 30 minutes of game and Theo Johns relegated to just a few minutes off the bench, his numbers are skyrocketing. You know, he's a short double-double guy. He had, a, he had a huge second half against Texas Tech that helped him get the close win. Same with Michigan State. And it's good that you don't have to rely on Bancaro for all the offense in the front court. If you can get... 10 to 15 from Williams and effective defense that, that that's going to be enough to keep Duke in almost any game this year. I agree with you. I do think that Mark Williams being able to give you nearly three blocks per contest is going to be very big. And as we know, the first two matchups between Duke versus North Carolina, they were played in traditional places, Cameron indoor along with, playing at Chapel Hill. Now this game is going to be played over there at the New Orleans Superdome. Do you think that because of the backdrop that that's going to provide a little bit of a disadvantage for a North Carolina team that they are quite reliant upon the three-point shot? Because that's something that I do take a look at with this matchup that does have me a little bit more tepid on North Carolina just because I do think that they're a team that they have been relying a little bit too much on the three-point shot. And typically when you wind up going to those football stadiums that they wind up being transformed into a basketball arena like we're going to be having for the Final Four, that does typically lead to the team that relies upon those threes having a little bit of a tougher time. Yeah, that's certainly one That's certainly one way to look at it. I also would say that Duke's, one of their their, def, their weaknesses as of late has been three-point defense. You know, they've allowed teams to shoot against them fairly well. Arkansas, you know, was, was a good matchup for them because they only shoot 30% as a team. North Carolina is much better for that, as we saw, in, you know, in the last game they meet up. I think you could probably expect closer to a 50-50 crowd when those two teams meet because there's, there's going to be a lot of Duke supporters and those who are against Coach K winning out in the final win. It, hopefully, you know, if you're Tar Heels, you get a lot of shots in and you get used to it. But it's also going to be important to not settle for shots. One thing they did do a lot in the Philadelphia region was settle for, you know, some tough shots, especially Cam Love. It worked out, especially against UCLA. But that doesn't always, that you know, it's not always going to work out. And if they take too many tough shots against Duke, it could put them behind the eight ball. Yep, I do agree with you there. And in that matchup between Mark Williams and Armando Baycott, I think that that's going to be really interesting as well. Do you think that Baycott would be able to win that matchup against Mark Williams? Because I do think that out of both of these final four games, that's the matchup that I think with regards to positionally is going to be the most important out of both of these games. Yeah, especially considering that North Carolina has no depth. They're basically playing six guys. So if for any reason Baycott gets in foul trouble is ineffective, you're Brady Manning sliding to the five, and that would be a disaster, especially going up against Mark Williams. So you're going to meet Baycott to win his battle. You don't necessarily have to have Mark Williams because you can always slide Ben Carroll to the five and have A.J. Griffiths play the four, and you're not going to lose much defensively there. So, you know, it's definitely something that the Tar Heels will have to win at the center position, but not necessarily a must win. 
Although, you know, Baycott, considering what he can produce, him not being on the court could be a problem. It certainly could be, but what is never a problem, getting great analysis from Tristan Freeman. He does terrific work with busting the bracket or busting brackets. And join me right here on Betting the Bracket. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at odds be able to win most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's so darn finger-licking good. Order the KFC sandwich today as it is Betting the Bracket with myself, Greg Hoops-Peterson. And I'm going to need to get myself a chicken sandwich to hear why... The theory that Dan has, our wonderful producer for today's show, as to what wad of going down at the Oscars, which if you haven't heard, just search on social media. Dan doing a great job as the producer of the show. And it's a team effort. You had my fiance winding up bringing in cupcakes for the crew. So obviously a job all done by her. She is playing the role of MVP today. You've got all of her. He posts up all the hours that we wind up having on all these shows. So if you wind up missing anything from betting the bracket or any other show, vcin.com slash podcast, you're able to go to also the vcin bets bets podcast feed as well. Oliver's got you covered there. Andrew is our technical director, a man that is from the great state of Wisconsin. He, much like myself, always stand together with regards to that. So he's absolutely tremendous. And Taylor always gets me set up on audio. All these guys do an absolutely terrific job. I work with the best in the business. So a big thank you to all of them. And I am very curious about that theory on the Will Smith versus the rock sort of thing. So we're going to be taking a look at that or Chris rock, not the rock, but a rock. So that rocks. But with that said, let's take a look at something else that rocks. And that would be odds to be able to win the most outstanding player award at bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare for the ncaa tournament and i ran through the futures that we had a little bit earlier as per usual, always try to shop around for the best number because you're going to have different books with different liabilities. But I do think that this is a way, and I've mentioned it a few times on the network the last week or so, to be able to give yourself a little bit of a better look as to the futures market. Because typically when it comes to most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament, it typically winds up coming from, you guessed it, the team that winds up winning the NCAA tournament. So, so you do have to do a little bit more when it comes to being able to take a look at some of these guys and just how they wind up performing in general. But I do feel like this is a way to be able to get a better price on the futures market because you take a look at these final four teams. 
You've got nobody that's north of five to one right now. North Carolina is your long shot in a lot of places. You're finding them at plus 500 to be able to win the NCAA tournament. So you're not getting any sort of a long shot price at this point. There's no 80 to ones like you were finding out there with like Arkansas or anything like that a few weeks ago. Those are all dried up. Those are all gone. We've only got four teams remaining for the NCAA tournament, but you take a look at these and we get these five bet MGM odds be the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament. I don't think it should be coming as too much of a shock that Paul Boncaro is at the top of the list. The three to one price is just something that I am not feeling right now. I mean, Paul Boncaro has been terrific here in the NCAA tournament, but I mean, with regards to Duke, I almost feel like Jeremy Roach has been as big of a part of the success that Duke has been able to have as Paul Boncaro. You take a look a little bit further down the list, the next, I guess you call it shortest player with regards to Duke in terms of the odds. I'd be looking his way a little bit more on Mark Williams at 18 to one. We were talking about it with our good friend, Tristan Freeman of busting brackets and a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment, by the way. But I mean, Mark Williams at 18 to one, I actually think you're getting some relative solid value there. Now, a lot of this, when it comes to putting on most outstanding player award, you got to be taking a look matchup by matchup and you want to be trying to bank on the guy that is in your opinion, probably going to be able to go off and have a big performance. Not that the games that we wind up seeing in like the Sweet 16, Elite 8, they're just meaningless or anything like that. But you take a look at it and typically the guy that winds up winning this award winds up having a massive performance either in the Final Four or the National Championship. So a lot of this is sort of handicapping a little bit more moving forward. And I do think that with Mark Williams, the fact that he does give you three blocks per contest, you take a look at the 12 and 12 that he wound up having against Arkansas. He has potential to be able to be just able to take over a game. Now, I think that he's going to have a little bit of a tough time against Armando Baycott. He is finding himself at 14 to one with this regard. But if you think that Mark Williams is going to be able to win that battle, if you think that Duke has a good chance of being able to win a title, I mean, heck, rather than going with Duke's future at plus 155, maybe instead you wind up splitting up that unit that you'd put on a Duke future, whether that be like, if you would bet $10, you put $5 on each of these guys. If it would be $150 on each, you can go a wide variety of ways. But instead of going with that plus 155 price, maybe you wind up putting like half of that on Mark Williams at 18 to one. If you think that Jeremy Roach is going to be able to have a nice game, one no more. These two guys are at 22 to one at 25 to one respectively. Instead, you wind up putting maybe like a half of what you'd be able to put on that future on both of these guys. If either of them being are able to get home, you wind up being able to get a lot more value than just a straight up plus 155. That's the way that I'd be taking a look at it. For instance, if you like Kansas right now at BetMGM, you're finding them right around a plus 185. Rather than doing that, O'Shea Obaji, he's right now your short shot at plus 450. Guy that I've been pounding about quite a bit. Remy Martin's at nine to one. If you wind up splitting up that one unit that be, you'd be putting on plus 185 with that regard, you put a half a unit on Oshea Ubaji, you put a half a unit on Remy Martin. Pretty much either way, as long as Kansas wins the NCAA tournament and one of these guys winds up being able to bust out, you're able to get a whole heck of a lot more value on either of those guys. Now, you do have a couple more long shots with regards to Christian Braun at 28 to 1, Jalen Wilson at 33 to 1. So, obviously, you want to be taking a look at this situation by situation, David McCormick, by the way, 100 to one. So if you think that he's able to go out there and he's able to have a big performance rather than putting like hundred dollars on Kansas to win the NCAA tournament, you're able to put 
five bucks on David McCormick. If he winds up getting there, well, you've already cashed out much, much better than if you would have risked $100 on the other way. So I think that this is a way in which you're able to play futures much, much more effectively rather than just taking a look at the generic futures that you've got right now. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at it. And with any award, you do want to be keeping in mind that this is an award that is voted on. This is not necessarily the guy that winds up scoring the most points, the guy that winds up having the most rebounds. So you do have to put your mindset into that of a voter, which sometimes that can be a place of which is not necessarily the most rosy in the world because you've got some of these writers that they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. We're just going to call it what it is. Now, a lot of these college basketball guys are a little bit better than some of these guys that you're seeing, like for instance, the gentleman that was calling out Aaron Rodgers, saying that he wouldn't vote for him for MVP because of things that had absolutely nothing to do with football. Fortunately, college basketball writers, a lot of these guys are a little bit more level-headed, but that said, you do have to keep that in mind. And what we know that voters absolutely love is guys that wind up playing their best in the biggest of spots, guys that wind up making flash plays. And if you're looking at someone that might be a little bit further down the board that I think might have a little bit of value, AJ Griffin, AJ Griffin wound up being a game record. The first time that Duke and North Carolina wound up playing in a road and neutral court environment, they'll shoot right around 50% from three point range. If AJ Griffin is able to duplicate what he wound up doing to North Carolina the first time around, he had over 20 points in that contest. He was able to bury a bunch of threes. That could be something that is going to be able to yield you a little bit of value. Obviously, you're probably going to need Duke to be able to win the NCAA tournament for that ticket to have value. So once again, you want to be taking a guy from the team that you think is going to be able to win the NCAA tournament. You certainly don't want a guy bowing out round number one because, I mean, if you have a guy that he winds up having his team go into the NCAA title game, puts up 37 points in a losing effort and the winning team, their leading scorer scores like 15. Yeah, you've certainly got yourself a little bit more of a fighting shot with that regard, but you certainly don't want them bowing out a game number one of the final four, which is why right now you're taking a look at odds to be able to be the most outstanding player. It's all of guys that are still remaining in the tournament because if we wind up having a guy not in the final four, wind up winning it, that'll be news to me. But you take a look at AJ Griffin, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, by the way, to give you the exact stats that you wind up having in that game against North Carolina, 27 points on eight of 11, three point shooting. So he's a guy that he's able to bust out. He's able to have big performances. And you take a look ever since that North Carolina game, He's been shooting right around 43% from three, which for him has actually been a little bit of a funk. So if you're wanting to have a guy that maybe is a little bit more, I guess you call it bang for your buck, a guy that can go out there and go scorched earth, I would say AJ Griffin is that guy on the list. But if you think that Villanova would be able to win the NCAA title, what I think is interesting is that you've got pretty much the understudy for Justin Moore. The guy that typically comes in off the bench for Villanova of Caleb Daniels, he's finding himself at 50 to one. If he winds up stepping up, if he winds up having a pair of big performances and Villanova wins the NCAA title, that's something that you can take a look at as well. So I really encourage you guys to try to be able to find alternative ways to be able to make a little bit of money if you are looking at more futures. I'm personally a little bit more of a game-by-game -game better. I'm going to be giving you guys my side and total for both of these final four games in the final hour. That's the way that I wind up playing it. I wound up having no features in my portfolio throughout the entirety of the season because I do believe that the good old boxing mentality of matchups to make fights is very important. Like a lot of people thought that they had great value on Gonzaga a few weeks ago. Well, 
and value wind up getting you absolutely nowhere whatsoever unfortunately and it's really hard to hedge when a team doesn't even make the elite eight at those odds so i do think that that is something that is very important to take a look at but i do think that if you're looking for alternative ways to make money this is a very solid one and something that is not alternative something that is very solid being able to just take a look at one of the oldest rivalries and one of the best rivalries in college basketball coming up next i'm going to be getting into the nitty-gritty of north carolina versus duke right here i'm betting the Bracket on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 